0: This is your first time checking us out. Yeah, well, I got to level with you. <laughs> You're joining us on one of the weirdest day in my life. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, uh, man, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know uh, I would uh, be this emotional. After establishing Beefree Free Dover uh, 15 years ago, with less than a, whoa, I've got to fix this mic. After establishing Be Free Dover um, 15 years ago with less than a handful of people, um, having experienced all the joys and the uh, challenges, ups and downs of ministry, here, hang on. We got a technical technical difficulty. <laughs> that's okay, finish. man. Okay, thanks. Ah, uh, that's better. Thanks, Derek. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is my final message. My final sermon to you all. So if you're visiting you might you might feel uh, as though you just stepped into an uh, fairly intimate conversation between family members, which is what this is. But before you head f- for the exits, both I mean either figuratively or literally heading for the exits, don't go uh, because um, this message is, is as much for all of us as it is for those of us who have been here for since the beginning. So we'll just jump right in. The portion of Scripture I'd like us to look at together is from Philippians 1. So if you have a, have a Bible or something to read that on, yeah, you, you'd like to follow along. We're looking specifically at uh, Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. This is Paul writing to this church in Philippi that he'd, he'd had the privilege of establishing. And now he's writing them from his prison cell. He's encouraging them to, to keep Jesus at the center of li- their lives, um, both individually and collectively. So let's, let's read together verses 3 through 11 of chapter 1. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the, of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with a tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the the righteous character produced in in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. As I I thought about um, uh, what to share with you all uh, on this last Sunday, this, this seemed like one of the, uh, the most fitting passages to finish my time with you all. There are two main points here. Just two. This, this passage is all about joyfully remembering God's faithfulness and their faithfulness. And it's all about confidently praying for God to finish the work he began. So, uh, let, let's take those one at a time, beginning with remembering. As I said before, Paul was in, in prison when he wrote this. Um, Paul, Paul was in, a pr- in prison a number of times um, since he g- first gave his life to Christ, so we don't know exactly which time this this was. Some say Caesarea, others say Ephesus, but more than likely it's Rome. And therefore, it, it, it's, it's his final imprisonment and um, as, he, as he nears the end of his life. So you ask, uh, who cares? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you why this is, so, this is so significant. Paul was in a season of reflection. A season of looking back. Verse 3 says, um, again, every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. This is the New Living Translation. Or a, a more literal translation, as, as m- most translations render it, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. It's a season of reflection, a season of remembering. Maybe you can relate to that. Or, or maybe you have a parent or a grandparent who's... Uh, who have entered the autumn season of their life? They're in a season of reflecting back over your times as a family, over um, their career, over their accomplishments, over their friendships and relationships. I, noti- I noticed this with, uh, with my own parents. And uh, just a quick shout out to Mom. So glad you could be here. And my Uncle Scott. And his wife, Kim. Um, But this is is what Paul's doing. I think he was was reflecting on his life in Christ in general and his ministry in in the many places he'd been, not just in Philippi, but, but, the Philippians hold a special place in his heart. You know, he he told us that in in verse 7. So it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you for you have a special place in my heart. Well, if, if you're like me, you know, when I, when I think of the Philippians, I think of nameless, faceless, ancient people who lived 2,000 years ago. I, I, it's, I, I know that's, that's completely ab- absurd, but I do. It, it's part of, uh, you know, living from this vantage point. It's part of the limitations of living you know, so far and so, um, so much into the future as, as we do. But of course these weren't nameless, faceless people. They had stories. They, they, they shared laughs. They shared tears. They were, they were beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. But they were more than brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul, Paul uses a word to describe who, were they, who they were to him. In the Greek, the word is koinonia. Koinonia, koinonia simply means partnership. Partnership partners, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the, time, from the first time you heard it until now, that's koinonia a, a partnership of mutual participation uh, of people working together of, of people um, interdependence comes to mind this, this, this was not the Paul show, in other words no, no, no it's the body of Christ show and this flies in the face of our rugged individualism as a, as a, that's baked into our culture as Americans, isn't it? Individualism is all about personal fulfillment, whatever makes me happy, and don't get in the way of it. Koinonia, partnership, mutual participation, says, I find my life, I find my joy when I give it away like Jesus did. Individualism is all about independence, you're not the boss of me. Koinonia is all about interdependence. It's, it's, it's feeling responsible for those God's God brings our way and puts in front of us. Their partnership is one of the first things that Paul thanks God for as he remembers them. For you have been my partners. Partners who had risked much with him. So So, Paul remembered their courage and willingness to risk a lot for Christ. And if you want a little background, Acts 16 um, gives a good summary of what happened in Philippi. Paul remembered how how this same Jesus, the same grace, had driven them and compelled them to share the good news with, with all people. People in their neighborhoods, in their communities, perfect strangers. So this was not the Paul show. This is the Body of Christ show. This was Koinonia. This is Christian partnership at, at its finest. Any church that will stand the test of time is much more. Let me say this clearly: is much more than a personality, of um, a cult of personality thing. It's a Body of Christ thing. So, over the past couple of months, since I, uh, since I announced my plan to transition out of this role, as I said, I've entered my own season of reflection, my own season of remembrance, remembering our, our koinonia, remembering our partnership for Christ and His gospel. We had a, uh, a farewell party last Sunday evening. I know not everyone was able to be there, but man. Huh, my gosh. Kylie and I were uh, truly blown away. <laughs> truly b- blown away by the whole thing. Y- you all are so generous. So sacrificial, so encouraging, so supportive. <laughs> well, now it's my turn <laughs> to share with you some of the highlights of my time here. Before I begin, I'll I'll preface it by saying I feel like that dad who's always telling the same old tired stories. Uh, Here we go. But we tell these tired stories for a reason. Throughout their long history as as a people of God, God had his people do the same thing. He has them stack stones. Little memorials to mark big occasions. Crossing the Jordan into the promised land was was one of these big occasions. So Joshua 4, 6 to 7 gives us the reason why we keep on telling these stories. It says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you well, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the, covenant, of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. That's why we tell them again and again. You know, so, so it's to showcase God's faithfulness for generations and generations. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I remember when we, um, when we showed up with our U-Haul to our little apartment on Forest Street in 2006. If you've ever worked with me or, or watched me work in temperatures greater than 75, then you can, you can just imagine how many shirts I went through that day. I remember uh, Chris Clinch and Sam Huggard, so glad Chris could be with us today, Um, helping us unload the moving truck, and as he, (laughs) this is kind of a a weird memory, but I I vividly remember uh, as he drove away, Chris blasted from his car that song by Tom Jones, It's Not Unusual. (laughs) Don't make me sing it. But that day was significant because it marked the beginning of our time with you. Before Be Free Dover was even a thing. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. A few weeks later, uh, Chris and the um, Barrington elders prayed publicly for our young family and commissioned us as we stepped in- into the unknown, into the fog of the unknown. We were—I um, vividly remember that day. We were up in Alton. It was a combined service between Barrington and Alton. About I don't know, three, four hundred people there. And I remember Chris bringing us up and and uh, asking, you know, if, if we could have all those who will be uh, a part of the next plant in Dover with the Hempels, please stand. Nick and Hannah stood. This other guy who, who has since moved on, uh, he's moved down to state, Matt Burdett stood. So of those 400 people, like we had three people. Uh, they barely knew us. But they were willing to say goodbye to a lot of relationships in order to make that happen. They were, a lot, they were willing to say goodbye to thriving ministries. In order to make Dover happen, that's Quinonia. That's partnership. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Well, slowly but surely, God added to our number. Fast forward to 2008, the five that we started with now had become 20. And we began to meet monthly in Nick and Hannah's living room. Great food ton of laughs, and then we'd get down to the business. We talked about questions like, what, what's the nature of the church? I remember one person asking a key question to the group. Are we the church in the future when we're able to have worship services, or are we the church now? Well, that was a huge aha moment for all of us. What, what, what's the typical Doverite like? What do they value? How how can we build bridges to Jesus with our neighbors? What are the tangible needs of the city that that we can come alongside and and help shoulder the burden? What what do we dream we could be for them as the as the church in Dover? So we we would ask all kinds of questions and discuss it. And then we'd pray. And we'd pray hard and we'd pray often. Some of my fondest, scariest memories were shared in that room. Dreaming, praying, looking into the fog of the unknown with, with these this group of twenty, this band of brothers and sisters. Koinonia, partnership, mutual participation, interdependence. I remember um, January 10th, 2009, very well. That was the uh, snowy day we first went public. We had our first worship gathering in the basement of of the McConnell Center. Uh, There were about 30 of us. And uh, for the next five years, setting up chairs, putting out signs, getting speakers set up, putting it all back at the end, we would do that for week in, week out. Five years. And during that time, I, I, I remember, you know, Kylie having the privilege of working alongside a few others. Tina Krug, the Overmeyers, most of, most of whom you don't know those people. Um, they have moved out of state. But they, they had the opportunity to, to lay uh, a healthy foundation for, for children's ministry, which became Dig. And Dig has arguably become one of the, if not the, strongest ministry in this church. Hands down. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. As a young church consistent, uh, consisting mostly of young families, um, we, d- we didn't really have an opportunity to face death very often. Until the first death in 2011. And then the next one in 2013. Painful times. I remember crying with you, embracing you, praying with you, experiencing the the, the tenderness of the Spirit in those moments, comforting you with the hope of Jesus, the hope that he will one day dry all our tears and put an end to death and sorrow and suffering of any kind. So I just want to say it's been a sincere privilege for me to walk with you through some of those low valleys. I remember going on uh, prayer walks throughout town, two or three of us at a time, just walking and praying. One of these prayer walks stands out in my memory. At that time, we were, we were you know, busting out of the McConnell Center. It, it, seriously, it wasn't uncommon uh, for there to be people standing in the, in the back for the whole service um, on any given Sunday. But finding a space downtown that would hold around 300 and have enough space upstairs or wherever for, for our dig ministry, Within our, within our budget, uh, that was tough. And so, so we searched for a couple of years to, f- to find this, this place that you're sitting in. We talked to the mill owners uh, about this space. They, they shut the door in our face. I mean, it was no dice, no discussion whatsoever. Well, about halfway through that time period, about a year, uh, the one-year mark, Eric Sessler and I were on one of these prayer walks. And we found ourselves in in front of this building, right out in front here. And I remember praying, God, we we don't know what you have planned, but something special, there's something special about this old mill building. So would you open up the doors in your time? Would you give us patience? Would you give us wisdom to to walk through the doors if you open them. And he did. The next winter, about a year from that point, God answered that prayer. And so we had a, we had a handshake deal around New Year's of 2014. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Six weeks later, on February 19th, the, the trajectory of my life would be altered forever. I remember clear as day, the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the waiting room at the, the ICU at Mass General being filled with be-free people praying for me. The cards, the meals... Your patience, the way you've, you've shouldered the, the burden since, since then has been remarkable. Nothing short of remarkable. It is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. <laughs> that is an understatement. You all have a special place in my heart. your pastor was, was recovering from a serious stroke and simultaneously you had to finish negotiating with a mill, build out this space move in in a matter of months I mean you, you can't write this stuff that took some serious koinonia some serious partnership I thank my God and all my remembrance of you Well, this brings me to the the second and final point. All that I am praying for you. Verse 9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. What a great prayer! You know, our, our doing must flow from our being. W- when we get those reversed, uh, when, when our doing comes first, comes before our being, ev- you know, eventually we, we, we run out of, out of energy. Run a, we literally run out of gas. That joy, that love that once propelled and compelled us yeah you know, it starts to feel like obligation it starts to feel like duty so that that's my first prayer for you all that that you know and understand with your head and your heart how much god has demonstrated his love for you jesus loved you so much that he died to be with you he died to reconcile you to adopt you into his family he's the vine you're the branches apart from him you can do literally nothing our doing must 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 flow from our being verse 6 whenever I pray I make my request for all of you with joy I'm sorry this is 4 through 6 Whenever I pray, I I make my request for all of you with joy for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now and I am certain he's confident that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Like like a lot in scripture, When when I read it, I read it for myself. I I, I read those you, I, I, uh, I misread them as singular you, but it's not. It's plural, not singular. God began the good work within you all. And he'll continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when he returns. What I've what I've just described through my, my my little walk down memory lane is 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 really the 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 first 15 years. What about the next 15 years? Can't um, we can't expect God to to repeat Himself? You know. He, God's, God's too big. God's too creative to do that. He never does the same thing twice. But if you look to the past, you'll find clues to the future. So many, of, many aspects of what we've experienced as, as, a core, or as a core team sitting around Nick and Hannah's living room back in 2008, you have the opportunity to experience again. That's my prayer for you. If you haven't already started 15 years later, uh, now is the time to begin to dream what the future could hold. 15 years later, now is the time to ask, what are some some of the ways we could build bridges with our neighbors to the life-giving history-altering news of the gospel. Fifteen years later, now is the time to ask, what are the tangible needs of of the community right now that we can help shoulder the burden with? Fifteen years later, now is the time for an all-hands-on-deck koinonia. Partnership. You all have... You all all have been our family. Our closest closest friendships are in this church. But I'm absolutely convinced that your, your best years are ahead of you. So pray. Consistently, regularly, constantly, continuously. Seek to discern where the good shepherd is taking you. And as you do, in, in God's timing, you'll discover the next pastor who will lead you in to, to where God has to take you. It's been an unbelievable privilege. I genuinely mean that. To walk with you, to lead you, to serve you as your pastor for these past 15 years, I, I literally uh, join Paul with this church in saying, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And I speak on, on behalf of my whole family. We are eternally, forever grateful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible privilege it has been to to walk with this church in Dover over the past 15 years. I thank you for all the things you were able to accomplish with broken people such as us. Through all the ups and downs, the joys, the sorrows... I pray for Beefree Dover, as Paul prayed for Philippi, that their love will overflow more and more, and that they will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Lord, this is your this is your church, and it's a beacon of light to showcase Jesus Christ to Dover, to this area, and to the ends of the earth. So I pray that by your spirit, you will empower and enable them to shine brighter and brighter in the years to come. Lord, it's in Jesus' good name and for his glory that we pray. Amen.